This is With Intrepid Heart Sermons, sermons by Rev. Adam Moline of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. In the name of Jesus, amen. Our text is the Old Testament lesson, the first reading. You may be seated. Dear friends in Christ, there is quite the transformation in the life of St. Paul from the beginning of our first lesson and the end of that lesson. St. Paul goes from breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord to being a baptized, believing Christian even preaching in such a way as to confound the doubters by proving that Jesus was the Christ. In a sense, you could say the difference was faith. Faith in Jesus. And so it is that St. Paul called Saul in our text came to faith in our text. Now, what is faith? The small catechism teaches that it's fearing, loving, and trusting in God above all other things. At the beginning of our text, Saul did not fear, did not love, and did not trust in Jesus. Instead, he breathed threats and murder against Jesus and against his followers. We saw that just a few chapters before when Saul was there as the very first Christian martyr, Stephen, was stoned. He had no faith as he breathed threats and murder. But at the end of our lesson. Saul feared Jesus, and he loved Jesus, and he trusted in him, preaching his word faithfully. Now, how did this change happen? What is it in those few short sentences that changed Saul's life so very drastically in such a short time, just a matter of days. As we read that text, first we might think that it's the incredible miracle that happened. Saul is walking on his way to arrest Christians in the city of Damascus. His goal to drag them from their homes, to bring them to Jerusalem, that they might suffer the same fate as Stephen had. But as Saul draws near to the city of Damascus, suddenly a blinding light, like lightning in fact, shining from heaven, and a voice speaking, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Now, before you get any crazy ideas, Saul was not delusional. The other people with him heard the voice from heaven as well. 
And as for the light, Saul hadn't just had a stroke or been hit in the head. It was the light of God. God, specifically in Jesus, that Saul saw. It was the voice of Jesus that Saul heard. The very person he was persecuting was now showing Saul who's boss. Did that convert him? I don't think so. After all, it wasn't a kind word that Jesus said, a loving word that Jesus said, a peaceful word that Jesus said. Jesus preached the law to Saul. Why do you have the wrong faith? Why don't you believe in me? Why do you hurt people that do believe in me? Why are you sinning against me? These words surely brought fear into Saul's heart. Fear of this Jesus God. But it didn't bring love or trust. And on top of this, the bright light has done something to Saul. He leaves the encounter with Jesus blind, unable to see. Imagine that was you who heard the voice, who was blinded by the light and had to grope your way the last few miles into town, who had to feel your way into an unfamiliar home, who spent three days curled up in a ball on the floor in utter darkness, praying to God. Jesus had showed up, and then this had happened to you. Would you love and trust this Jesus, or would you merely fear him? After all, he seems to defend his own. He seems to bring punishment. He seems to be a hard hitter. And you, you were against him, persecuting his people, killing his followers. It's a pretty dire place to be. It seems that Jesus showing up in the blinding light and the voice from heaven has not converted Paul, at least not all the way. The law has brought the fear of God, but the love and trust is missing. So God will complete the act of conversion. But not through heavenly lights, Not through voices, at least not from the sky. Instead, to complete Saul's conversion, God sends him a pastor. Verse 
Ananias of Damascus. Pastor Ananias comes to Saul, cowering in fearful darkness, and lays hands upon him in his illness. God sends Pastor Ananias to preach to him the forgiveness of sins won by Jesus, crucified and risen, to say, this is really true. Jesus was God, he was dead, and he's alive. God sends Pastor Ananias, who, according to our text, baptizes Saul bringing him into the Christian faith. And God sends Pastor Ananias to feed Saul with the food of heaven, strengthening that newly born faith. The pastor comes to see Saul. And immediately upon hearing the sermon the pastor preached, receiving the sacraments the pastor administered, then Saul is converted. Then he's a Christian. So much so that it's then that Saul begins to preach the very faith which the word and sacrament have won him to. Now, Saul fears, loves, and trusts Jesus as God. So, was it Ananias, the pastor, who converted Saul? Or, Was it God who sent the pastor, who wrote the word, who created the sacraments that converted Saul? I'll tell you the answer. It wasn't Ananias. In fact, in our lesson, Ananias didn't even want to go to talk to Saul. No, it was God who did the work through the reluctant pastor. It was God who is able to change the hearts of the murderous, angry, hateful Saul. It is God who works through word and sacraments as means of grace. It was God who brought the cross of Jesus and the empty tomb of Jesus to light for the sinful Saul. Sure, Ananias' hands poured the water. Sure, Ananias' lips moved to speak the word. But it was God who was at work and no one else. In fact, you could even say it is God who creates the office of pastor so that the word might be preached. How beautiful the feet of Ananias who brought that good news to Saul. 
but it is the good news that saves him. Dear Christians, members of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church, there's really no better time than now for us to hear these words. The last few weeks have been kind of sobering, haven't they? We've heard some news, not about Pastor Ananias, but the pastor here. For the last 25 years, God has sent his gifts of word and sacrament to you. The word has been preached. The sacraments have been administered by the hands of a pastor. And through the gifts delivered, God has worked to soften your hard, sinful heart. To bring you to life, to faith, to create and sustain you as a Christian. Through loud, very loud, boisterous, bold preaching, God's word has entered your ear. Huge, strong hands have baptized your babies and many of you. Those same hands have shakily distributed the Lord's Supper to you to strengthen your faith. And now, there's a little bit of nervousness. The pastor who's served for so many years bringing God's word and gifts, has announced his plans to retire. What now? What does this mean for our congregation? What does this mean for our faith? What will happen tomorrow? What will happen next year? Who will preach my funeral? Who will marry my children? What does this mean? For the faith which we share. Will our faith survive? Or will it fail? Who is your faith in? It was not Ananias who converted Saul. It was God, through the word, through the sacraments. And the same is true here also. Even though pastors may change, the gifts do not. Ananias was a faithful pastor. 2,000 years ago, he preached to Paul, and Paul was converted. 
Paul became a pastor. He preached to thousands who were converted. But he preaches no more. Timothy, Luke, Titus, they preach the word. They've come and they've gone. But throughout all of these things, the word remained. Baptism remained. The Lord's Supper remained. And in these things, as means, God has built his church. Countless unnamed, forgotten pastors have preached the word, have administered the sacraments, and God has built the church. And the same is true here. Now, today, God builds his church. He sends men to preach for a time, but not forever, so that your faith would not be in the man, but in Jesus. It's Jesus, after all, who died for your sins, who shed his blood, who rose from the dead. It's Jesus that is your Savior and your God. God will send men to preach the word into your ears. God will send men to baptize your children. God will send men to distribute bread and wine that are the true body and blood of Jesus. But behind these men, working in every one of them, is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And He will keep working to be your God, to save you from your sins, to strengthen your faith, to call you Christian. And so, for that reason, you can have confidence today in what is ahead. God will not abandon his people. God will not forsake them. He is present always, even to the end of the age. Even when the men who now stand before you are dead and gone, the word will remain forever. The gifts will be distributed until Christ returns to bring this world to its end. God builds the church. God converts Christians. God in Jesus is your Savior. And pastors merely 
proclaim his word and distribute his gifts. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. This has been With Intrepid Heart Sermons by Pastor Adam Moline. The words, With Intrepid Hearts, come from the conclusion to the Book of Concord where it is written, By God's grace, with intrepid hearts, we are willing to appear before the judgment seat of Christ with this confession, and give an account of it. We will not speak or write anything contrary to this confession, either publicly or privately. By the strength of God's grace, we intend to abide by it.